Evan Rauer here with War Room, the Hockey Podcast. Thank you, everybody, for joining, tuning in for another uh, another week here. This is episode 38 this week. Uh, we feel blessed that we've been able to um, go as long as we have been. So thank you again. Episode 38 this week. We're going to kind of jump right into it. Um, not everybody is in studio this week as we get ready um, for Christmas travels and things. Um, but this week um, is all about the uh, coaching controversies that are going around. So we're going to spend a, a little bit of time um, kind of sharing uh, some some facts and some thoughts on on everything that's going on. Um, real quick before we jump into it, though, at, like always, a quick uh, couple quick headlines for everybody. Um, obviously, this happened uh, the past few weeks. Um, so if you follow the BCHL, I'm sure you are aware. Penticton V's have traded Alex DiPaolo and Colton Kitchen to the Victoria Grizzlies for Nico Somerville. Um, Don Cherry will not coach the CHL-NHL prospects game January 16th in Hamilton. He says it's about uh, the kids and the future of the game and doesn't want the controversy surrounding his departure from Hockey Night in Canada uh, to become the focus. Um, Bobby Orr is following him in solidarity. Those of you that um, aren't aware or haven't followed it closely, Don Cherry was um, fired from uh, Sportsnet and Hockey Night in Canada for um, a bad choice of words and uttering the words, you people. Um, we spent a little bit of time in an episode a few weeks ago uh, kind of discussing where we stand with that. Uh, I'm not going to carry on about that. You know you know where I stand. Um Mike Babcock, um, Jason Spezza, Mike Babcock, Mitch Marner, Mike Babcock, and Mike Commodore, Mike Babcock, and Jeff O'Neill, and Mike Babcock and Johan Franzen. Um, of the coaching controversy, we don't, we won't be spending a whole lot of time uh, this week on um, Babcock, um, as the big one uh, that we will be discussing is Bill Peters, um, as well as Mark Crawford and things, but. Um, Mar Johan Franzen has said Babcock, quote, quote from Johan Franzen, Babcock is technically a great coach, um, but a terrible person who made m me dread coming to the rink. I get shivers when I think about it. As a coach, he is extremely careful and prepared. He is great at putting together a game system and getting everyone to buy in. But then he is a terrible person. The worst person I've ever met. A bully who went after people. They could be the janitors in the arena or anyone. He jumped on people just because he could. He is a specialist in dealing with the media, and he creates teams that are very hard to beat, But you can, and you can't take that away from him. But he makes his players very anxious. They are terrified of making mistakes. He is a horrible person. End quote. Um... Another quote uh, from Pierre Lebrun um, of TSN Hockey Panel. Um, it is, quote, it is not enough to say that today's players aren't how they should be. Um, they should be tougher. Today's NHL player is different. As a coach, you need to adapt to your players. Let me say that again. I kind of jumbled it. Pierre Lebrun, quote, it's not enough to say that today's players aren't how they should be and that they should be tougher. Today's NHL player is different. As a coach, you need to adapt to your players. So, anyways, uh, this week we will be covering the coaching controversy, covering and covering it all. Um, 
but I wanted to touch on Babcock there. We will be on uh, more on Bill Peters with everything, as well as a little bit of Mark Crawford uh, and everything going on there. Um, other uh, coaching changes, um, Jim Montgomery removed from uh, the Dallas Stars um, for a um, for unprofessional conduct. Um, no word on what that means. Um, and Pete DeBoer has been fired by the San Jose Sharks. The difference for him um, is that was a strictly hockey move. Sharks are not playing well, and so they removed Pete DeBoer. So please don't look into it as something more than it is. It is an absolute shame and travesty that we are now in an age where where a coach gets removed for hockey reasons and people still have to explain. So... That's all it was. Hockey decision. Uh, anyways, before anything, hit the subscribe button, rate and review, settle in for episode number 38 of War Room, the Hockey Podcast. the season everybody's in that uh, 28 to 30 game range roughly and uh there you're starting to see the separation starting to see people you know the the cream at the top uh the teams that you kind of knew were going to be at the bottom and uh, um and uh, it looks to me like right now it looks like there's going to be a whole lot of teams around 500 uh and again at the end of the year you're going to be uh, as far as the nhl is concerned you're going to be a two-week hot streak or cold streak uh, from being either a lottery team or being in a wild card. So, like now you've got in the East, you got Washington, Boston, the Islanders, Flyers look really good, uh, not going anywhere, playing strong and getting better, getting great goaltending. Uh, and at the bottom, you've got Detroit, Ottawa, New Jersey, Columbus uh, that really are just not going to be able to. They're not going to work their way out of this. Uh, a couple of surprises uh, on the on the low side: Tampa and Toronto not looking good. Um, Montreal and Florida kind of struggling a little bit. And on the high side, the New York Rangers, uh, Pittsburgh playing better than than a lot of people thought they might, uh, especially with uh, with Crosby out. And the Panthers uh, kind of right in the middle, they haven't quite figured that out, but not getting much out of Bobrovsky yet. Minnesota's playing pretty well, too. Yeah, out west, all of a sudden, uh, Minnesota found found something in their game. Chicago uh, they're getting find, some pretty Chicago's good goals. Chicago's finding ways to get points. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, those are those are some of the surprises that we thought might be floundering around at the bottom. But, um, you know, kind of putting a charge into some, some teams. And, and there again, I mean, even at the bottom of the west, uh, Anaheim, Chicago— they're 500, like uh, you, you know, you get a two-week streak away from being uh, five or six games above 500, and and in the playoffs, at least in the wild card hunt. Yep. So, 
right now, my gosh, I, you know, St. Louis again looking good. Uh, Colorado, as we suspected, looking really strong and getting better now that they're healthy. Um, Arizona, a bit of a shock to me. Edmonton uh, surprising a lot of people. The Jets uh, finally figured it out a little bit. But again, every time you look at a team like this and say, wow, you know, who saw this coming? They're getting goaltending. Hellebuck's hot. And um, yep. and that's what it takes. You, you can do whatever you want. You can X and O your way and spend the cap and everything else. But if you don't get the goaltending, eeks. Tough, tough sledding. Uh, Calgary, Nashville, struggling. Uh, Vancouver, hot and cold. Old, a whole bunch of teams right in the middle of the West. There's there's still at least a dozen teams in the West that can that can get playoff spots. Oh yeah, and uh, trade talks have already picked up for some teams too. So yeah, yeah, you've got you know Taylor Hall at the front of that. Uh, I don't I don't know how unless you can sign him, unless you can do a sign and trade with him. Uh, he's going to ask way too much uh, in. Salary, salary hit, and what New Jersey would want in exchange for him. Uh, he's going to take. His price tag is going to be way too high unless you can sign him long term. Mm-hmm. He won't work as a. No, no, he won't. Um, Colorado, Montreal, um, teams like that are rumored to be his prime landing spots, but we'll see what happens there. So, you you follow the Avalanche pretty closely don't would you would you be concerned about putting him in that roster and upsetting what is looking like some really really good chemistry right now yes would that be a concern for you yes um that's to me in looking at them that's the only good thing about all their injuries is that you're learning that you don't need to have your big three necessarily on a line together and no. that everybody can kind of play with everybody. So you can put a Landeskog on a second line and a Burakovsky or a Donskoy on the top line and not upset anything um, because they're producing and it's and it's working. Um, I, there, that's I wouldn't... I, team. Yeah, if team. I'm Sackick, I wouldn't be making any big splashes. Um, that's not his style either no the only reason i probably would is if the injuries don't stop because they um they lost cadre in the game against toronto um so they're still losing guys it seems every game and so if the injuries don't stop and goaltending flounders and things start catching up with you a little bit then maybe you do need to make a move but otherwise i wouldn't upset the balance um not the least of which, because then you have Makar and you have Landeskog up for an extensions in a year or two, and McKinnon in three or four years after just paying Ranton in nine and a half. Yeah. And then you're going to bring in, say, Taylor Hall, and then to make it worthwhile, you would have to sign him and keep him. And he'd have to want to sign and stay. And to do that, you'd then have to pay him 10 mil or more. So I I just don't see it fitting as much as the um, 
panel experts on TSN want to say it it fits, but then again, I'm also not the one getting paid to to talk hockey, so maybe maybe that's just my opinion. But would you have to you have to look at a couple of things, whether it's Taylor Hall and Colorado, or whether it's some other player and a handful of other teams. It doesn't matter who's got the assets to spend on him, which would be quite a lot. Who's got the prospects and the draft picks that they can afford to give away for Taylor Hall and who's got the cap space. I don't, you can talk Edmonton all you want. I want to know what kind of hocus pocus Ken Holland could play to fit him in and under that cap. Like where, how many, how many $800,000 guys can he unload to make room for Taylor Hall? You got to have, you got to have a roster made from somewhere. Mm-hmm. So I don't see that one happening. Although, uh, and they don't have specs anyway. Yeah, although um, you do have a positive in Colorado if you're if you're looking at it with um, three or four years removed from from being even talked about in an extension, and he McKinnon's already said he'll take less. So yeah, um, yeah, that, that's uh, that's an amazing thing, and and I'm I'm sure that. I'm sure that Donald Fair and the Players Association just cringes when they hear a guy say that. When they hear a when they hear a guy like McKinnon who could come along in a couple of years and sign an extension higher than Connor McDavid certainly at that at the cap at that time, he could be a, a 13 million dollar guy if he wanted to mm-hmm. in the prime of his career. And for him to say he would take a hometown haircut, that just got to make him. They, they've got to be throwing stuff all over the office in the PA. Yeah, but you you know that's you know he's still going to get paid. So oh, yeah. and yeah, he's yeah. he's still going to get he's still going to get paid roughly around the percentages that we we see today to not right. upset things so much that now you've got a CBA issue or you've got some sort of problem. So. Him saying it is this nice, and I'm sure that he that he would take a haircut, but it would probably be in the range that it would probably be the type of haircut Sackick wanted from Rantanen, which was instead of nine and a half, take eight point three, right? So you're for for McKinnon, he's probably still going to make eleven, maybe twelve million. It will just be. Instead of twelve, it would be eleven point two, and instead of eleven, it would be ten point four. I don't know. Right. So I mean, I, it would well, it would be a, enough of a haircut, but it wouldn't. But he'd still be in the range that McKinnon that you could argue McKinnon belongs. So, would you rather now? And this is this is easy for someone on the sidelines like myself to say, but would you rather make one hundred and twenty-five million dollars in your career? And have a chance to win two or three times, maybe a handful of times, be in contention for a Stanley Cup? Or would you rather make $135 million, and I'm not trivializing the extra 10, but make 135 and go someplace where you just are not going to have a sniff at the playoffs, let alone the Stanley Cup? So it's plus quality of life i mean he obviously is happy uh, with the team with his teammates with his coaching staff with the way the organization treats him it's about time somebody at that age in that age range stepped up and said what he said good on him i'm all all for it yeah well plus on top of that the the haircut he's he's saying he'll take 
depends on where the cap is in three years when right. he's when he's up for an extension where's the cap what what's the balanced percentage of what guys are making you know at that time and all this stuff and that'll play into it as well but if you're the organization and you're the fan base you you're you like to hear those words from your franchise player so well yeah like i said it's not just the fact that you may be able to keep everybody around keep a good team around him but you like to hear that because this is a this is a kid in his early 20s that is now coming out and saying i like my team i like my teammates i like my coaching staff i like the way we're doing things here I'm happy and I want to, I think we have a great chance to win for the next five or 10 years. And I don't want to muck that up by trying to squeeze an extra 800,000 out of the club. So uh, like I said, good on it. And you have to love hearing that. Yep. But the players association loves it. Yeah. Well, a lot's been made about, about his current deal and, and everything and being a steal, which it is. And, um, a lot, a lot has been made about the media types that claim they know everything about how, you know, Rantanen now making more than him and all this stuff is going to cause a rift in the lo- in the locker room and, and problems. So to hear not only McKinnon come out and say that he'll take less on his next deal, but to come out and say that he's happy with his current one and he's happy with his his worth now, which is six six to six point five million, then that says a lot too. So but I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm spitballing on on opinions on on the money aspect. I'm not an expert on it and everything, but it's just whether it's McKinnon with the team that I closely follow or it's you know any other superstar it's what you want to it's what you like to hear especially if you're on the outside looking in so but. do you know offhand do you know who his player who his agent is who's his rep um i don't but i can uh look it up real quick yeah i'm just trying to think if i if i is he he might be with uh, pat brisson pat brisson yeah I think because uh, I know Crosby's with Brisson. I just and, looked it up. It's and, it's Brisson. Okay, and this is a guy. If you look, if you look at the history of the of the roster of guys with Pat Brisson, he has a long history of guys who stay in one spot, make a lot of money, have a chance to win, and don't don't make noise constantly. He doesn't have he doesn't have the holdouts. Uh, you know, he's just, he's not one of those guys. He's not a guy that walks around with a loaded gun when he tries to, when he tries to renegotiate. Yep. So that's, that's gotta be good news. I I'm, I'm sure as a GM, everybody likes dealing with Pat Brisson in, in some manner or another. Oh yeah. Hey, talking about, talking about standings though. Uh, you know, we follow, we follow a lot of junior hockey. You're starting to see this shift out, um, before we go to break of, all three divisions in the CHL, uh, out east in, in the queue, you've got Sherbrooke, Chicoutimi, Moncton, uh, Ramouski, maybe even as far down as Drummondville uh, that are going to be genuine contenders and, and could come out of that and go to the Memorial Cup 
uh, from the queue, which is, um, you know, it, the, obviously the more, the more the merrier, right? Mm-hmm. Like the more, the more teams that can say that they're still in it, the, and the longer their fan base can be um, at least tempted by a, a cup run, the better you like it. And in the same way, probably in the Ontario League, maybe four teams there down to Oshawa, Peterborough, Sudbury, Ottawa, Oshawa, all four of them are going to be, you know, they're going to be tough to beat. They're, they're going to duke it out with each other more than likely. Absolutely. And um... what's, uh, how's the, what's the dub looking like? Let's, let's go through the dub too, because we're probably closer to that than any of the others. Yep. Um well, while we're on it, uh, the V's moved Alex DiPaolo. Why that didn't that never really seemed to pan out, did it? Well, like they just we... they just moved him a week and a half ago, but um, yeah. But he's playing well in Victoria, and um, I haven't really heard much of from um, who they got in return, which was uh, Nico Somerville. Um, but the V's keep winning games, and so I mean, I guess it's working out. But so they've they Fred has effectively turned Rizzo into Somerville, basically. Yeah, Nico Somerville. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> so don't look now, but the uh, but the Rockets are in second place in their division, right behind Kamloops. Yep. Well, the moves they're making in preparation for the Memorial Cup are apparently starting to uh, pay off. Um, and look at look at the Eastern Division. Look at Winnipeg, five games over five hundred. Thirty-three <clears> points. Yeah. Just they were just really stuck when they were in Cranbrook, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden. You know, a player or two, and here and away we go. Now they're, you know, they're now they're in the hunt, and it, and they've got and they've got the kid coming next year. Yes, they do. Yeah. So boy, but and unfortunately for it's another unfortunate year for Regina and, Suske- and uh, Swift Current too. Yeah, yeah, it's tough going. Prince Albert's still playing really well because they've got they've got all their guys. That central division with Edmonton, Medicine Hat, and Lethbridge in it—that's going to be a—that's going to be a shootout. Mm-hmm. There's going to be um, that's going to be real fun to watch. We need to make sure we're on top of that. Vancouver, Vancouver uh, in the West is on top of that division at 500, which is on top of the um, uh, wild card, yeah. Well, on the in the wild card, yeah, yeah. there. And I, I thought, I thought we were going to see a lot more out of them. Yeah, we, I did too. Really did. Return I, I of thought, Byram and everything. I thought, yeah, but. And we are headed for what? Maybe the next episode going to be about the World Junior. Uh, I believe so. Yes. A little preview. Yep. We'll be uh, we'll be coming out right before Christmas with that one, and the rosters should be pretty well set this year they're going to uh the czech republic mm-hmm. I, I had to stop short of calling it czechoslovakia again 
uh, for since it's been like a generation and a half since there was a Czechoslovakia. Yes. But anyway, they're going. They're they're carrying a couple of extra players, but they 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 can take a third goalie and a couple of extra guys. But they also have to pick that roster way early, because they you know you can't just get a kid from Vancouver to the Czech Republic in a couple of hours. So no, no. So selections will happen pre- here pretty soon, probably. Yeah. By the time we come out with the next recording, we should have we should have pretty well settled rosters uh, across the across the tournament yeah. i would i would think yeah yeah i would i would think so um kind of have to unless you're the european teams and you can get away with an extra week or so but yeah and i i don't i don't know from one year to the next i don't know how everybody does it i mean i know basically here in canada they they have uh they have the selection camp they invite they invited 31 guys this year um, and it, it takes place right before you get on the bus. You know, all the, all the selection takes, takes place last minute. And I know like, uh, the, the U S team in past years, they picked that team in the summer. And, and I think, uh, there, I think there's been a lot of changes, uh, across junior hockey, uh, around the world, but, uh, some teams used to pick that, uh, pick that roster way early and let them have some more time together. Uh, Canada didn't do it that way. So. Yeah. interesting so, to see what happens and there is just some unbelievable talent coming up i that I'm, I, the, that tournament excites me more than anything in the world of hockey every year i love that thing that is that's just fun to watch every find a way to watch this wherever you're listening from if you're in canada you, you're going to see it every place if you're in the u.s find a way to watch this tournament it's awesome absolutely awesome yeah it's fun to watch every year so it's good great stuff after the break we're going to uh we're going to some of the coaching headlines around the world these days yes yeah um lots (laughs) lots to talk about yet not so much to talk about at the same time it's kind of yeah self-explanatory but um but we will get to that once we return from our little ad break so um so um is oh you know what I wanted to say too before we go to the break no no you know what I'll, I'll wait till we're done I'll, I'll wait till we're uh, done with the break and I'll uh, I've got I've got a, a big announcement to make so do what you have to do pause it during the commercial and uh, and come right back because uh, there's there's big news breaking here at, uh, at Northpaw Media. <laughs> Well, uh, settle in. Enjoy this this week's episode. Uh, we will take a little, um, a short little break uh, here for um, a message about uh, some friends of the show, and we will be right back with you with um, episode thirty eight, I believe, of War Room the Hockey Podcast. This segment of War Room the Hockey Podcast is sponsored by Maple Rock. Organic, family-grown, and produced maple products from five generations of proud Canadian traditions. The highest quality maple syrup and a full line of artisan maple products and gifts for every occasion. Check out maplerock.com. That's M-A-P-L-E-R-O-C-H dot com. We're in the Hockey Podcast, episode 38. This week we are back. Um, We are transitioning in... Um, I'm sure everybody who's uh, listening has 
heard the stories already, but we are going to at least touch on um, the some of the coaching controversies that are plaguing hockey at the moment. Um, Bill Peters want- has been removed in Calgary. Um, Mike Babcock has had many things said about him since his uh, firing in Toronto, and now uh, Mark Ro- uh, Mark Redruff, Mark Crawford. Um, excuse me, I have the avalanche on the brain. Uh, Mark Crawford has been um, suspended and um, removed, f- at least from the team, while an investigation is conducted in Chicago. So, um, and I'm sure that it, unfortunately, it's probably not the last we're going to hear, f- um, not the last domino to fall. No, with these probably things. not. So, I, they, I, there are, there are, Couple of port, important points uh, along that storyline that I'll I'll get to uh, shortly. This is we do a lot of speculating here, as everybody does. You don't have much choice when you're talking about sports, no matter what it is. We deal as much as we possibly can in fact, and in and all of the speculating and pontificating and predicting and all that jazz. Uh, you know, everybody's got an opinion, and there's lots of sayings about that. What we're dealing with. This week, in this coaching controversy that's swirling around, which is really kind of nonsense, it, this is fact. This is not my opinion. It's not your opinion. It, this is absolutely the way it is. It's not. It's not. What do I think about Mike Babcock, or what do I think about this guy or that guy? It. This is fact. So, understand that we're not. We're not spouting opinion on this. Um, but the big news here in Summerland. The big news coming out of Summerland, BC, uh, and uh, specifically from North Paw Media, is uh, our own Evan Rauer being hired on by the Summerland Fire Department. Congratulations to you, pal. Thank you. Uh, and I know you're excited. We're excited for you, and we're excited for uh, the department. I think they've made a they've made a great hire, and I think you're going to do uh, you're going to do our community extremely well. And uh, as all first response. My hat's off to you, for sure. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, and we hope it doesn't interrupt the podcast too often. <laughs> hey, listen, I there there is a this coaching thing, Evan. Let me let me say first that it's the same everywhere. It doesn't matter if you are a, a Pee Wee House team or if you're in the National Hockey League. It's the same. If you have ever coached a single game at any level, anywhere, someone hates you. It's just part of the territory. Mm-hmm. Yep. Somebody, whoever didn't get the ice time, whoever's not on the power play, whoever's not the, you know, on the third pair, whoever the backup goaltender is, those guys think you're an idiot. Doesn't matter what level you're at. You're a stooge because I didn't play. The top guys think you're a genius. The guys in the press box think you're you're an idiot, and it's just the it's the nature of it. So, you have to take some of this with a grain of salt because there's a there's a considerable amount of sour grapes that goes on in all this. Well, there is if you if you look at if you look at it, um, um, and this is not to say in any way that um, whether it was yesterday or ten years ago that that any racial comments that Bill Peters made was okay because uh, it wasn't no. um no. it's not to 
It's not to say that any bullying or any um, inappropriate, um, over-the-line actions and behaviors um, that Mike Babcock may have done is okay, because it's not, but it's, um, it is to point out the odd nature and the odd timing of it, of everything, as well <laughs> as um, the fact that None of these players that are coming out saying anything are uh, Hall of Famers. And it's, it's nothing against them. They're playing a game at a higher level than I ever did. Hats off to you, but you're they're not, you know, the closest thing to a Hall of Famer that um, has come out in all this is um, what uh, Chris Chelios had to say on Spit and Chicklets. Yep. Um, but otherwise, it's... Akeem Alou, who, um, who's been a career East Coast player. It's um, Mike Commodore, who in his day wasn't a horrible defenseman, but he wasn't a top pair. Um, it's Brent Sopel and guys like that who earned themselves a very nice career and nice paycheck, um, but didn't really stand out um, and things like that. Um, so it's it's not all-stars. And, you know, along with Chelios, the closest thing to it right now is the um, opinion, I guess, or perceived nature of it, of how you think, how it comes off that maybe Austin Matthews feels that now that Babcock is gone or something like that. But otherwise, it, that's speculation. And so... there's here, Here's some of the realities in this deal pure and simple fact, you can get away with intimidating, bullying, humiliating, bag skating, benching guys. You can treat veterans and rookies with whatever amount of disrespect you feel like. Bullying in this sense is not a crime. It's not socially unacceptable. Here's the difference. Bill Peters and Mike Babcock have, a, and even more, Crawford and, and his role as an assistant, they have one thing in common. They were miserably underachieving as coaches. Mm -hmm. If you're winning, your GM will protect whatever you do. If you're winning championships and you're at the top of the league, the GM will, will cover your back. And Kenny Holland did it for Babcock for years in Detroit. But if you're losing... Now, all of a sudden, like, why would I defend you? Why would I protect you? I need a new guy. Babcock was never Dubas's guy to begin with. Nope. So here's the thing that Babcock forgot. It's the same thing I forgot many years ago. Who's the boss around here? Yep. So Kyle Dubas spends a year getting his butt kicked all over the media. He signs Nylander. He signs Matthews. He signs Marner. He makes the Tyson Berry trade. He is working as hard as he can do, as hard as he can work to make that roster a contender, trading for Muzzin. And, and Babcock is saying, too bad. I'm, I'm not playing Austin Matthews on the first power play. I'm not putting Tyson Berry on the power play. I'm going to run this show the way I like it because I want to show everybody who's boss. Well, you know who's boss? Kyle freaking Dubas is the boss. And so when he said, I worked my butt off for a year, 
year to sign this guy for $11 million and he's playing 16 minutes? Get out of here. Yep. I'm not doing that. You're going to play my guys. Oh. You want to bench somebody, bench, you know, bench Nick Patan. Yep. But you're not doing it with Austin Matthews. Um, so the players didn't like him. He was, if you're a bully and a jerk as a coach, the players will quit playing for you. Ask Mike Keenan how that works. They, they'll quit playing for Mike Keenan. They quit playing for Ken Hitchcock eventually. But it, they both won cups. But if you, when the players quit playing, you lose. You lose your job when you lose. So eventually, you can be Joe Quenville, Rick Tockett, Brenda Moore, John Cooper, Barry Trotz, maybe the best example of all. And the players will go through hell and high water for you. And by the way, those guys are all winners. Mm -hmm. If you're losing, nobody's going to protect you and your bullying is not going to work. So pick, pick which hill you want to die on. You want to show everybody, you know, who the tyrant and who the boss is, or do you want players who will do anything for you because they want to, not because you're, you got the whip to them constantly. Mm -hmm. I had a, I had a chat yesterday after uh, after we skated, uh, and I won't name names because I didn't ask permission to do this, but I had a chat yesterday with um, a kid who had a really, really nice NHL career. Uh, he's the guy that you'll know him. Uh, he's my, my defense partner that I always take credit for teaching him everything he knows, right? <laughs> you know who I mean? Yes. So after we skated yesterday... Um, he told me some stories about bats and, and it was not the least bit flattering. And he, he played a lot and he played on some really, really good teams, but the, the stories were just alarming and they're very consistent with what guys like Chelios say. Uh, it, it just, it, it's really unfortunate that a guy that is that good of a coach can cannot know any more about handling people than apparently what he does. And and look no farther than Barry Trotz. Um, I mean, these guys, these are guys that, and, and apparently Mike Sullivan in in Pittsburgh is the same way, uh, and certainly Bruce Cassidy in Boston. These guys are winners. Yep. Do they? Uh, is there discipline on that team? Yes. Is there? Do they? Does everybody know who the coach is? Absolutely. But the players play for you because it's what. They want to do, not because you have the whip on them constantly. Yep. Well, I, I mean, do you do you think um, winning is less of it today, though, in today's social climate? No. I mean, it's it's I hard don't. it's hard to ignore the social climate nature of, um, you know, the fact that Akeem Alou is represented by Colin Kaepernick's, you know. Yeah. law firm uh, and, and things like that and the the social nature of it where you know yeah you're 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 struggling this so far this year in Calgary but and you you've failed in the first round last year but Bill Peters leads your team to first place in the Western Conference after floundering for how many years before that and all this stuff and 20 games in, you're struggling, and you're just removed because Akeem Alou has something to say, and it has to do with with race. So, you know what I mean? I, Evan, and I, so I only ask because it just seems like it's 
it just seems anyway like it's less about winning and more about, well, I don't want any, we're all about hockey's for everyone and we're all about being, being inclusive and, you know, we can't hurt feelings. So a, a, um, let's just call it, call them what it is, a minority, you know, hockey player who, who now comes out and has to say something about the authoritative white coach and then the white coach is subsequently removed. It it just, to me, it just seems more about the social climate than it does about whether or not you're winning and losing, especially, especially in the Bill Peters case. Um, but listen, I, I would like to, I, I agree with you for the most part. I think if Bill Peters had won eight out of 10, he'd probably still be there with a slap on the hand and a big public apology over nothing, but he lost eight out of 10. So it made it easy to make a change. I think they, yeah. they probably, you know, and here's, I'll speculate on this because I don't know from Brad Trey living, they probably were looking for a way to shake that place up anyway because the players were just simply not playing. They were not performing. But I, so if you're, wherever you're listening from, if you're going for a jog or if you're in your car or whatever, stop what you're doing and turn the volume up for just a second here. There is no systemic racism in the National Hockey League. There isn't, period. So don't tell me that somebody has to write up a bunch of reports and have committees and, and have seminars and, and codes of conduct and a bunch of crap because one guy made a comment 10 years ago in a minor league dressing room about the music that was being played. And the only black player in the room at the time took offense to it. Was it the correct thing to say in 2019? Probably not. But in the privacy of the dressing room, it giving somebody a hard time about what they're, the music they're playing is not out of bounds. Maybe you could make a little better choice of words than that, okay, but 10 years ago, one isolated incident in the National Hockey League is not a systemic problem. It's no different than any other office or, or company or shop that you work in. It, it might happen, but don't start rewriting, uh, adding a bunch of chapters to the damn rule book over one comment 10 years ago in the American Hockey League. This is ignorance at its finest. Yep. Don't overreact to it. It's like the it's like the Matt Duchesne offside. One guy goes offside by about a minute and a half, and now we're stopping games to see whether the skate blade is touching the ice or not from sixty feet away. Yep. This is ludicrous. No, yeah, and I, like you I said, agree. Now Alou is being represented by Colin Kaepernick's attorney, which tells me what he's looking for a free ride. He he wants. Watch and see if he gets put into some position in New York City with the National Hockey League or in Toronto at the league office or at the Players Association level where they create some kind of a diversity committee or something and pay him a salary to sit around and talk about how we need to include more people. There have been minority players in hockey since the beginning of time. It's never been exclusionary based on race or origin. It's never been exclusionary based on anything except talent. Why is it okay for Mike Greer and people like that to have long, Anson Carter have great careers, 
P.K. Subban, one of the top guys in the league. Why is that okay and Alou didn't make it? Because he wasn't freaking good enough. Agreed. That's why. Well, I, I, the only thing I'll say that I agree with what I, I've heard, and I've started to um, lean a little bit away from um, from Sportsnet and Hockey Net in Canada after everything with Don Cherry and, and everything. Um, and, and now I'm starting to lean a little bit away with everything that's going on now. But the one thing I do agree with um, from... Um, from Elliot Friedman is that, and based on our our money talk, um, I did, our money talk is the reason I agree, and that is hockey kind of, especially in certain areas, either is or can come across as a um, wealthy person sport, or at least a more well-off sport, with the cost of registration, with the cost to even put a child in and do things like that. Um, And I think based on our money conversation that that's the reason I agree with, at least with that. Um, However, that has nothing to do with whether or not Akeem Alou made it in the NHL. No. And, And everything. And I also find it interesting if you listen to the word choice in the statements made by Akeem Alou and people, the um, odd timing of his of his statement. And first of all, I'm sorry, but I just don't buy that you didn't cu- you waited 10 years to say anything because you were afraid to. I don't Your buy that. I love I respect Rob Brent. I respect Rob Brendamore. I respect these guys, but get over yourself these people, Bill Peters doesn't have that type of weight in not only the the Hurricanes organization or the Flames organization or the NHL as a as an entire league that one guy is afraid to say anything even to his buddy in the stall next to him. Right. I don't, I just don't buy that. But no. Bill Peters he, wasn't even in the show then. He no. was in the American Hockey League. Either I, either I, way though, the point the point that that. He claims that people claim, oh, he was afraid to. I don't buy. You've got the Players Association, whether it's at the AHL or the NHL level. You've got teammates. You've got um, assistant coaches. You've got confidants. You've got all these things. You've got management. You've got trainers. You've got all these things and all these people that you can't pull aside and say, hey, between you and me, this happened. I, I just don't buy it. But there, he wasn't the only one in the room, Evan. Yeah, yeah. There was the room was full of guys. Yeah. So where is everybody else? Agreed. I so I just don't buy that. Um, no. But no. I also find it interesting the timing of it, as well as if you look at the words Akeem Lou used. Um, it was, um, and I don't have the statement up in front of me, but it was something along the lines of, "I was a first year." 20 goal scorer and all of a sudden I find myself in the AHL because of Bill Peters and basically what what I got from that from that statement was that Akeem Alou viewed himself as as somebody who either was or is to this day a hockey god and a hockey all-star and that the only reason he 
hasn't seen the light of day in the NHL in any capacity and he, that he's in the East Coast League and all these things is because of because of the yes, we can all agree poor choice of words that Bill Peters said in the locker room in an AHL locker room 10 years ago. So that word choice is the reason why you apparently didn't make it in the NHL. So basically you're you're trying to pass the 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 blame and the responsibility of you just unfortunately not being good enough to make it and you're deflecting it onto Bill Peters for the sake of making what some so, some social statement or or whatever i just it it makes my blood boil honestly but this guy in a period of 15 years he played for about 20 different organizations between junior hockey the coast the AHL and he's not even playing this year a couple of stretches no he's he, He's, he finished up in Europe. He had a, uh, I think his last year was back here in the Coast League. This, so are you telling me that all the play, all the managers and all the coaches and everybody involved in all of those other 20 organizations around the world, li- they only listened to Bill Peters? They didn't care what you did on the ice. They said, well, Bill Peters called you a name or made a reference that you didn't like. 10 years ago. So you must not be any good. I don't want you. I'm going to keep, mm-hmm. I'm going to hold you down because of the, because of something some guy said in the American hockey league 10 years ago in the dressing room full of guys, he played everywhere. He played in the KHL. He played in the coast. He played every place and he wasn't good enough for any of them. So quit blaming it on Bill Peters. I'm not defending what Bill Peters said. And he obviously said it because he, apologized for it and he resigned because of it so case closed but it had nothing to do with Alou's career and it has nothing to do with the culture in the national hockey league right now at all if you're good enough somebody's going to play you and then you come out and you say you're free you didn't say anything because you were afraid to be and 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 that's that's my point i don't I don't buy it because not only at the time was Bill Peters in the an AHL coach and wasn't right. even in the show as a coach, but that an AHL coach using <laughs> yes, we can agree a poor choice of words, but nonetheless, yeah. but nonetheless, an AHL coach saying what he said. An AHL coach had the power and authority over NHL coaches and NHL organizations back then. And still does to this day that <laughs> Akeem Alou, uh, Brent Sopel, anybody else coming out now against any coach was afraid to say anything because of one AHL guy ten years ago. I don't, I don't, buy, I don't buy that, and that's why that's why I at least ask the question and and everything, and at least broach the subject of is it less about. Is it less today, unfortunately, about whether or not coaches are winning you hockey games and more about the social climate of today? Because right. ten, 10 years later, you're going to come out a minority hockey player. That's not racist for me to say because it's fact. A minority hockey player comes out and says that 
a white coach said these words, and that's why I never played in the NHL. Duh. And because of the social climate, we all have to be careful with what we do because we don't want to come across as the misogynistic, wealthy, white people. So we've got to make sure that we're understanding and we're supportive and we're we're backing our guy here in Akeem Alou to make sure that he doesn't feel victimized in any way. I, I just... And that's not to say that what Bill Peters said or did in any capacity with his words or his actions on the Carolina Hurricanes bench was okay. But, no, but, not at all. But you, it just it, it doesn't fit that we now live in a culture in any capacity, sport or not, that you're now guilty unless, unless proven innocent instead of the other way around, which is what it has always been and what it should be, which is innocent until proven guilty. The being a being a jackass is not a crime and it is not a firing worthy function losing is yep and like i said if you're if your players won't play for you because you're a prick then you're going to lose games and you're going to get fired mm-hmm. the number is 26 including uh, two stretches with the calgary flames he played 26 different organizations over a period of 15 years, 26. And he had two stretches with the Flames while Bill Peters was in Carolina. He played two games in 11-12, and he played five games in 12-13. Where was Bill Peters destroying his career then? I mean, this this whole thing is just the biggest load of nonsense I've I've heard in a long time. And then they're piling onto it by saying, we need sweeping changes in the National Hockey League. We don't need anything. This is an isolated incident by a guy who has now stepped down, case closed. This was a failed career from the very beginning, and he never he had every opportunity over a period of 15 years, he had every opportunity to make it, and he didn't. He flunked out of everywhere. So leave it, let it go. I, you know, I hope we don't have to bring this up again. I hope this is the last we hear of this kind of nonsense. Yeah. Unfortunately, in the well, coaching controversy, though, it's probably as a whole, it's probably not in terms of maybe racial things, maybe hopefully, but in terms of coaching controversy of, of bullying or anything like that, unfortunately not. I doubt it's going to end with Mark Crawford, but I just, as I find it funny, and this is the last I'll say about it. I find it, um, blood boiling funny (laughs) that now the media sports media wants to come out and say that there's, um, that hockey has a racism problem because there aren't any black coaches and there aren't any black managers and there are very few black players. And I find that frustrating to hear because it's because we're now ignoring statistics and facts of society of the fact that, hey, you know, black people are more likely to lean toward basketball and football, maybe baseball, than just the same way women are more likely to lean toward, you know, bakers and and these types of jobs rather than welders and things, right? So I, you're now going to lump it in that hockey's racist because of these things, but yet, no. but yet there are no black coaching candidates 
Show me a black show me a black person who is who's got the resume enough to be an NHL coach and can win you hockey games and win, can win you Stanley Cups and then fine I guarantee you he's got a job. Absolutely. But yeah. but, but sure. maybe you need to pull your he- head out of your ass and realize that hmm maybe maybe minorities in management and coaching positions in hockey are next to non-existent because they're non-existent in the sport. Well, I just, I just, it it really angers me. And I, and I, I want to say that and move on because otherwise this this is just going to turn into one big screw you session to, to everybody. And that's not what I want this podcast to be, but just, it really, this whole thing just bothers me. It should have been, okay, Bill Peters used the N word, said some said some things he shouldn't have. It hasn't happened since, by the way. But nope. okay, Bill, did you say these things? Uh, unfortunately, I did. To Akima Lou and to everybody involved, I apologize. I needed to be more sensitive with my words, and I apologize for upsetting or offending anybody. And y- you have my word that it won't happen again. And okay, the Flames suspend him for this amount of time or fine him or whatever, maybe remove him if you absolutely have to, but you, then you're done, you move forward. Right, leave it alone. What proves, right. what proves that this is less about winning or not winning and more about social and this and that is the fact that, okay, guess what? He's gone. He's not the coach anymore. He's gone. He's likely not going to be in the game anymore, and he's, it's done. So move forward, and the fact that you're not proves that this is more of a, I don't know what it is at this point. What can I, this is what can I milk out of this deal? What can I, what can I get from this? Because my career was a disaster. I never made it. I wasn't good enough. I want a free ride from somebody. Mm -hmm. I want to know, you know why I'm not playing in the NBA? Because I suck. It's not because I'm white. If I had a vertical leap of 44 inches, or if I could run a 4.140, I'd be playing in the NFL or the NBA, but I'm terrible. I've always been terrible. I'm slow. I'm, you know, I don't have anything to offer. It's not because I'm white. I guarantee you if I was a gigantic, fast, strong white guy that could leap over tall buildings in a single bound, I'd have a job in the NBA or the NFL. I don't. You know why? Because I suck. Show me a player, whether he's of Chinese descent or like Nigerian where Alu is from or whatever, Jamaica, like our friend Jay Shares one of the greatest officials in the history of the NHL. Nobody ever asked where he was from. Nobody cared. He was an awesome official and an awesome guy. Made no difference where he was from. Willie O'Ree, nobody cares. If you're good at what you do, no one cares. Quit trying to make this stuff up. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I, you know, before we close out on this, I, I, wanted, I want to tell you one kind of, for now, a sad story. Uh, at least a story, a challenge from uh, our buddy, Anthony Chambers. Um, You know, Mike, right? Yep. Friend of the show, Mike Chambers, good guy. Uh, Known him forever. Anthony uh, 
late bloomer as a hockey player, played for Gwazdecki at uh, Valor, uh, became a really good high caliber hockey player late in life, I'll say, because he's now 19, uh, be 20 shortly, uh, in his last year of junior eligibility, and he finally caught on with the Weyburn Red Wings, a really good organization in the Saskatchewan Junior League. And he stuck with it. He started every, he, he played in every game. He's on the top pair. He was a shutdown defenseman. He's a big, tough kid. And Weyburn is rebuilding, having trouble scoring goals. So they needed CAG. So they sold Anthony, they sold him to Leamington in the Ontario Junior A, or I, I believe uh, Leamington's in the Junior B Association in Ontario. On the same weekend that Mike flew to uh, Regina and and drove to Weyburn to see him play, they they sent him to Leamington. Uh, this is just another challenge. Mike offered him a chance to quit, and he said, "No, I want to play hockey. I want to I want to keep going." I mean, I mean, the kid loves to play. He's obviously a very good player, and he has stuck with it like very few kids have stuck with it. This is just a reminder. This is nothing that Anthony Chambers did wrong necessarily, but at some levels, you have to understand you are a piece of meat. They needed $1,500 more than they needed Anthony Chambers. Mm -hmm. So these things happen. It's not because of who he is or what he does or anything else. He's an awesome kid, an excellent student, may end up at the Air Force Academy, but sometimes it just doesn't work. It's just not in the cards. And I stand up and salute Anthony Chambers for sticking with the game, for keeping his dignity, keeping his head up. Uh, he's been raised right, and he's a great kid, and he's going to do well because he's not letting things like this get him down, and he certainly could. Well, if you're good enough to stick stick on somewhere, you will. Um, exactly. The probabilities and things, they balance out that way. If you're good enough to stick on, you will. Akeem Alou wasn't. He didn't. Get get over it. Um, yep. An example of that is a guy like... Um, He's pull, guy like this guy's pulling a regular shift in Nashville now. Rocco Grimaldi. Yep. He flounders in the AHL. He can't seem to find a regular call up and a regular shift in Florida or Colorado. He was a standout at North Dakota in Division One, but he just he couldn't seem to to find it. But he stuck with it. He didn't complain. He went to work. He's a he's an openly faithful religious guy. Good on him. He he prays yep. about it. He he has faith. He sticks to it. He works his butt off, and now he is in an everyday productive, not just everyday, but productive middle six forward in Nashville. Good on him. I mean, he, if you're good enough to to stick on, you will stick on. If you're good enough to play, you're good enough to play. Same with coaching and, and managing and everything else. If you are good enough and you can win and you can produce, you've got a job. If not, you don't. So, listen, i got to run. Uh, it's been a pleasure joining you today. Um, I've got to take off. So, uh, again, congratulations uh, with the fire department job. Proud of you. And uh, glad to know that you'll be watching our communities back. Well, I appreciate it. Um, thanks for joining in, and um, we will 
see you back in town next week. Yep. And uh, we'll start on, uh, we'll have a World Junior Show, uh, World Junior Championship preview and uh, get the high points around hockey all over the world. Yep, absolutely. More stories, more stories from the dressing room, too. Yep. That's uh, got some beauties for you. Agreed. Absolutely. All righty. Well, enjoy your, your travels, um, and uh, we will see you next week. You got it. All right. Thanks for having me on. Yep. Cheers. Cheers. What I'm looking forward to this uh, coming week is uh, the Christmas holiday, um, some more uh, awesome hockey action across the board. Um, but we don't touch enough on NCAA hockey. That's that's going, um, and so it's uh, it's we're in the middle of it now. It's officially in the in the middle of things, and uh, it's uh, going to be a fun f- finish to the season and a, a, a good time and uh, some Christmas travels and some time with family as well is what I'm looking forward to, uh, most this coming week. Um, but anyways, uh, thank you to Brad, uh, for joining on Skype this week. I know you're traveling and, uh, so, um, thank you for taking the time to at least, uh, call in and, uh, join the conversation for a little bit. Um, I know you're, uh, got a lot going on, so, uh, and your time means a lot, so I appreciate it. Um, again, thank you to the listeners, uh, listeners that, driving force behind what we do. We can't thank you enough for tuning in. Um, head to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at Warm the Hockey Podcast, Warm the Hockey Podcast, and at War Hockey, respectively. Uh, like and follow us. Um, write in comments or questions you have that you want answered or anything. Um, head to warroomhockey.com, which is another way place you can get uh, the latest podcast episodes and, and listen in. Uh, check that out. A little website we threw together. Um, otherwise, anyways, thank you for tuning in, um, before anything though, um, either before or after this episode, head to, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, um, and, uh, subscribe, uh, leave a review and preferably a five-star rating and, uh, make sure you share with your family and friends, uh, help us con- uh, continue to grow this, uh, this podcast, this show, uh, and it, the support means a lot. So anyways, I'm Evan Rauer um, with War Room the Hockey Podcast. This has been episode 38 uh, regarding the coaching controversy, and I will see you all throughout the hockey community. Cheers.